Welcome to Doggy Dish, where two of LA's best dog trainers serve up a hearty helping of dog topics. At the end of this podcast, we'll provide information on how to contact our trainers. And now, here they are. Hi, this is Kim Reinhart with Ain't Misbehaving Canine. And Laura Burhani from Animal Attraction Unlimited. And what, what did you want to talk about today, Ms. Laura? Um, I was thinking about talking about summer Mrs. issues. Mrs. Laura, sorry. <laughs> Mrs. Laura, yeah. I'm the Ms. <laughs> Ms. I'll be Ms. Um, summer issues. Because, you know, we are uh, in summer right now. We've just had a heat wave, and we have more to come. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of things that have been going on, dogs dying in cars. And, you know, unfortunately, the only reason that one made the news was because it happened, you know, outside of an American Idol audition. Otherwise, it wouldn't have made the news. Right. Um, you know, such national news. I mean, it was all over the Internet. So there's not only, you know don't leave your dog in the hot car um there are a lot of other things too things that we have to take into consideration that that you know we don't normally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i agree with you and i think um i think that there's a whole lot that we can do on various seasonal issues but summer is probably one of the most dangerous yes at least here in southern california yes. i think there's parts of the country where there are probably equally dangerous times but oh yeah here in Southern California, summer poses a lot of danger to a dog. Not just danger of, you know, something really catastrophic and dying. Right. But even just things that become problematic for the dog on a low level that maybe people don't notice. Yeah. So what what are some of your pet peeves? Let's hear about them. Some of my pet peeves are people walking their dogs when the pavement is hot. Yeah. I don't know why it is that people think that dogs' feet are impervious to heat that because they have rough pads on the bottom of their feet that they can't feel the heat coming up from the pavement. Mm-hmm. Um, and it drives me nuts when people are walking their dog either on the pavement or the sidewalk, obviously the pavement, you know, the street or whatever dark pavement Black is going is to terrible, be. Blacktop, yeah. right. It's going to be much hotter than the sidewalk. But if you go outside and you reach down and you put your hand on the concrete Ouch. and it's hot, Ouch. don't walk your dog. You know, and and what also drives me nuts is, okay, yeah, so you're walking, and the dog is walking too, so his feet aren't touching the ground constantly. But then they they might stop because their neighbor's driving by, and the neighbor's, you know, stopped and pulled over and has their window down, and you're standing there talking to your neighbor, and the dog is... Yeah, in your shoes, and the dog is standing there with his feet going, ow, 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 and people are oblivious. And then they tell their dog to sit. That's another thing. They tell their dog to sit on the hot pavement. Okay, I hope if a can of worms with you this know, pet peeves you thing. You have, <laughs> you really have, because, because you know, I mean, what do you really think? <laughs> okay, here's an example. One time, I'm sitting in the parking lot at PetSmart, mm-hmm. and they had it was a brand new, it was a brand new shopping center, so the pavement inside was the blacktop was black. I mean, it was really dark black. And this lady is waiting to take her big dog into the vet clinic inside of the PetSmart. And she goes in, she gets a technician, the technician comes out, goes, oh, I guess we need to get a stretcher or whatever it was for the dog. So in the meantime, the dog, big, like a mastiff, okay, this was a huge dog. Mm -hmm. And so he's on the tailgate of the back of her, like, bronco or something, and she's got him on the leash, and she starts pulling on him. They needed a stretcher? Wait a minute, I'm confused. Yeah, the dog was not able to move. Okay. So she's pulling on the dog. The dog finally struggles up. And tumbles out of the car and is lying on his side on the blacktop. Mm-hmm. And it is 103 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. So imagine how hot the blacktop was. Mm-hmm. And she's standing there with her dog lying there who obviously is ill. Mm-hmm. 
cannot move on his own, and she's letting him lie there burning up on the blacktop. And she's standing there going, well, I don't know what to do. Just standing there like, well, well, he's not getting up. We hate her. Oh, <laughs> man, I had to yell at her. I said, that blacktop is hot. Get, get your dog up. Well, I think, though, that you, you brought up something important when you first started this, which is, you know, aside from we hate her. <laughs> yeah. That I think people don't understand. I don't think that – I think there's a lack of realization. And I don't know that that's from – that's from any place bad from them. I just oh, think that they don't was. realize. Okay, well, I already said we hate her. She better hope she doesn't meet up with us in a dark alley because she's in some trouble, man. But either one of us. Yeah. Because I don't know. I'm going to just know her when I see her. But um, but I think that people don't really realize. I think that they don't understand. And I think if they do understand, and hopefully this will reach some people who maybe don't know this. Yeah. And don't know this. Not because they're stupid. They just never really thought about it. They see right. dogs out, and dogs don't wear shoes, and they assume that dogs don't have a problem with that. However, dogs that are not tethered to you will take the option of not standing on something Absolutely. super hot. Absolutely. Just like they'll take the option of not standing on something super sharp or something super slippery. I mean, dogs left to their own devices will pick and choose the surfaces that they walk on. So when you take them out into really bad heat, I, I remember when I was a kid and we would go to the beach and I hated walking across the sand mm-hmm. because the sand was so bloody hot. Yes. It would just get absolutely burning. Yeah. And, and you know, to think that your dog is going through that experience yeah. is really hard. Horrifying, yeah. But if you didn't know. If yeah. you didn't know any better, that realization might come as a terrible shock to you. Mm-hmm. That hey, so yes, dogs' feet definitely feel the heat, and if you if you get them out into the the summer heat, then you have to be aware of keeping them off of really burning surfaces. Right. The best way to check a burning surface is to put your hand down on it, and mm-hmm. if you can if you can comfortably set your hand down on it to for a count of five, then that surface is probably pretty safe. Right, and if you start to feel uncomfortable <laughs> during that count of five, don't make your dog walk on it. It's a, it's a bad idea. Yeah. Okay. Another one, and in all honesty, even if you even if you got to the away from the idea that the dog was out on a burning surface, one of my pet peeves is people who take their dogs out to walk in the really burning heat of summer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just because dogs will do something doesn't mean they should be doing something. Right. And a dog that you that you choose to take. Uh, for me, I, one of the, the places where this really becomes a problem is events. You'll go to a, a fair or a some kind of activity where it's an outdoor activity and the right. people will drag their dog along with them. And um, not realizing, mm-hmm. and I think, again, this comes from, you know, an, a lack of information, not realizing that, first of all, the dog is at your you're at he's your, at your disposal. That's right. There, there is, he is. He cannot take the time and and make the effort to cool himself off when he gets too warm. If right. you get too warm, you stop in some place to get something to drink, or you go sit down in the shade, or you do whatever you do. But right. your dog is tethered to you. So as you're walking along, and he's walking along in his fur coat, or in some dogs' cases, a short-haired dog. But they right. they have a, they they, they have have, they also have no protection that's from right. the, they have no insulation, and they have to try to get rid of that heat through panting. Some mm-hmm. of it comes out through their pads. But if they're not really exchanging that heat well, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, short-nosed dogs are, are very really susceptible to heat stroke. Yes, absolutely. So you have a dog now that's out there in the heat doing an activity that you've asked them to do. And they, God bless them, they, they have rather, huge yeah. hearts. And they will, go, they will go to the mat for us. They will do mm-hmm. all sorts of things. 
But how many times have you been out and seen a dog and thought, oh, my goodness, why are you making your dog do that? Right, especially like a darker-coated dog. Yes. My dog Sammy is, has a lot of white on him, but he has a black saddle. Guess what? If I have to stand someplace in the sun, I will find someplace in the shade for him. Right. Because that black part of his coat, you can feel it. Right. You pet a black dog that's standing in the sun and a white dog that's standing in the sun, there is a huge difference there. Yes. You know, and also a lot of dogs, when they start to get too hot, they won't drink even if you offer them water. Right. So you think, oh, he must not be thirsty. Right. But in actuality, he needs to cool off before he can physically drink. Yeah. It's it's really something to consider. In fact, I, I get a little irritated and, you know, I'm not going to go into it like you did. I'm not going to be a hater. Oh. <laughs> But it's so much fun <laughs> but to vent like but, that. Yes, it is. But but the thing is, I, I get very aggravated when I go to, like I said, events. Mm-hmm. And I see people dragging their dogs around. And you may have planned a really fun day for yourself, but you know when to call it quits. You know when you've had enough. Yeah. The question is, do you know when your dog has had enough? I think the best the best bit of advice that I could give people is in the summertime, don't drag your dog to things. That right. It's just not a great idea just because you're interested. First of all, you have to remember, your dog's on the end of the leash. He's not interested in all the things that are going on like right. you are. And so he might be excited for the first 10 minutes, but right. after he starts to get hot and uncomfortable, it becomes a bit of a drag for him. Mm-hmm. He's just basically accompanying you on your trip where you're really interested and where there's all these things that are entertaining to you. But for him, he's just out you know, walking around in the heat. And right, if, and if I took you in the same set of circumstances and walked you through something that you really weren't interested in, I would get in, really crabby. Yes, yes, you. <laughs> you're getting I would. A little, you're getting a little crabby right well, now. <laughs> you no, know, I've been there. I've been there since the beginning of this of this podcast. I know. But but you know the thing is is that you know his his not his temperament his you know his uh, tolerance level is going to be much less. So your dog, who may normally be a very friendly dog. You know, now he's been standing out in the heat. He's sitting there. He can't whine at you like, you know, like a child would. Oh, mommy, I'm hot. Mommy, I'm tired. Mommy, I'm hungry. Whatever. He's standing there, like Kim said, going along with the program. But his tolerance level is now less. So even though he may normally be fine with strangers, now he's not going to be so much. Right. Something could happen that you aren't going to see coming. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the other, uh, an obvious one, I think that most people know, but apparently not everybody knows knows because a lot of dogs do die this way, Mm -hmm. is dogs in the car in the summertime. Yeah. Um, And just because you leave the windows open does not mean the hot air is getting out. No. Because, right, heat rises. Right. So, I mean, if you have a sunroof, you open the sunroof, and at least that will make it better because the heat will actually have some place to escape to because the heat doesn't go out the car windows like you think it would. But a sunroof doesn't make it safe for your dog because then that also allows the sun to, to... you know, shine right. down into your car unless you found a really shady spot. Um, it's probably safest not to take your dog out in the car in the summertime. Right. I do take my dogs out in this car in the summertime, but I have to say I have my car dogs in the car all the time when it's when the weather is temperate. In the summertime, I will take them out only if I know I don't have stops to make. Right. And if I have a stop to make, I make sure that I have a leash in the car. So if, if there was a particular, not, not if I have stops to make, but if, if I make sure that I have leashes in the car, so if there was a reason for me to stop, I can get my dogs out of the car. Right. Uh, it's it's really difficult for dogs to be out in a car, even an open car in the heat. Yeah, even the back of a pickup truck. We were we were driving, and I I know that in the state of Lo- in the state of Los Angeles, state of Los Angeles, <laughs> in the city in the. <laughs> In the state of California, uh-huh. I sound like, uh, yeah, never mind, I'm not going to go there. 
Um, in the state of California, it is illegal to this have a dog. This is a college dog. graduate. I want you to know. Yeah. In the state of California, it's illegal to have your dog loose in the in the bed of your pickup truck. So you know what people do mm-hmm. is they have those black bed liners in the back of their truck. Mm-hmm. And so then they put their dog in the back of their truck on a tether. So the dog is in the back of the truck, yes. And, yes, it's very windy because you're driving down the street. But guess what? He's standing on the black bed liner yeah. that it has absorbed all of that heat. Yep. Yep. With no with no cover, nothing. no shade, no, no protection, no nothing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean I in the past before I got the shell for my truck, I had a dog in the back of my truck in not one of you know, it was an open crate, it was a wire crate. Guess what? I bungee corded a towel to the top of the crate. Right. And that was while I was driving. He wasn't even gonna be sitting in there for any length of time when I stopped someplace because I didn't want him driving in the back of the truck in the covered crate without I mean the uncovered crate without any kind of shade. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I'm in the cab of the truck with my air conditioner right. blow, blowing. Right. Right. It's it summer poses a lot of uh, danger to your dog. Not just danger though, really uncomfortable situations that, that you can avoid, you know, with a little bit of common sense. I think um, for me one of my pet peeves is people who leave their dogs outside in the really, really bad heat. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have air conditioning, I don't know that it's so much worse. But if you have to leave your dog in a situation where they're not in air conditioning, my dogs are pretty spoiled, and I'm pretty stuck on the idea of air conditioning, so <laughs> they're not usually out of air conditioning very much. But if you have to leave your dog in a situation where they're out of air conditioning, I mean, certainly it's it's a natural state, but don't assume that because it's a natural state, it's not going to be problematic for your dog. You have to leave them adequate shade. You have to leave them adequate water. Right. I think it's a good idea if you have to leave your dog outside um, and, and and you're forced to leave him out in the yard. I think in the summertime, get a kiddie pool. Yeah. And put, you know, three inches of water in the kiddie pool. Because right. if your dog goes in and stands, and I teach dogs to do this, actually, to go in and stand in the kiddie pool. Right. I'll just take them because in the Because the pads of their feet... Yes. Will will absorb the coolness from the water. And make sure you put the kiddie pool in the shade. Yes. Where it's going to be in the shade. Don't put it in the sun where it's yes. going to get hot. Even though in even a heated pool, if you if you don't have any choice, even if you put a pool out there and it gets, gets warm, being cool and then if the dog steps in and then steps out of it and then goes into the shade, yeah. that water will help your dog tremendously. And you can right. teach your dog to lie down in a pool. That's what I do. I teach right. them to lie so down. Right, so that their underbelly is wet. Yeah, it it will help very tremendously cool. right. to to cool them down. And in fact, when when you go out and do sheep herding and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. usually there will be a big b- tub of water somewhere mm-hmm. on the property where, in between uh, working the sheep, they'll let the dog go get in and cool off in this big tub of water mm-hmm. because it's tremendously helpful yeah. for a dog. But if you have to leave them outside and you, first of all, adequate shade, just a no brainer. And if you don't have shade, make shade. <laughs> yeah, make shade. Shade's important. Um, and if you have shade, keep in mind that whatever kind of shade you make, there needs to be the ability for the air to move in and out of an area. If you yeah, create a because pl- otherwise it's like a sauna. Yes, if you create a, pl- a space with shade, but there isn't a lot of um, opportunity for the air to move around in that shade, it, you know, if it's closed in on, say, three sides, mm-hmm. it can actually be warmer in a shaded spot than it right. is out you know, where there, there's some airflow. Right. So if you have to create a situation like that, I have, um, uh, I've had to do that in my dog run. I had mm-hmm. to put a, a fan in yeah. to move the air around just yeah, so that. sometimes the air can be so still, it's just miserable. Yes, just so that the air would 
ab absolutely move around. The other thing is they have, um, they do have dog beds that are, uh, that have like, um, you fill them with water. What are those called? I forget what those cool, cool. Oh man, I know. Very frustrating because I yeah. love them. They're they're blue in color and you put water in them. Right. And actually, the the core is made of a material that 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 holds onto this water and you seal it up. And those beds are fabulous. If you have right. a dog that's not a chewer, I wouldn't give this to a dog that was a big right. chewer. But if you have a dog that's not a chewer, you can put that in the shade. Right. You do have to put it on a level surface, and you do have to put it on a surface right. that's smooth. You and because it's filled with water, it's very heavy. It's Yeah, it's a, it's a bear to move. But that is, is wonderful because the dogs right. lay on those, and it just actually you know helps cool their body. It brings yeah. their body temperature down. And I have so another one that you soak in water, and it has those little beads in it. You know, sometimes they make those things like in hats. Um, that you soak a hat in water, and then these little beads fill up with water. Or some people have them where they go around their neck, mm -hmm. and it just stays cool for a long time. I have dog beds made of those. Right. So I soak it in water, and then I put it, you know, just in the kitchen or, you know, wherever. I think my dogs want to lie down, and that way they can lie on it if they need to cool off. Right. But because we were talking about the underbelly, that's where a dog has the least amount of hair. Most dogs do. And so by lying on something cool, they can cool off much faster. And so, like, if you take your dog out someplace and your dog doesn't want to drink, at the very least, you can take some water and either spray it up underneath his belly or on the inside of his, his back legs and that kind of stuff to help cool him off. Yes, the pads of the feet are a really good place to spray water. Right. I always, if I have my dogs out, I will put water on their heads and on their ears mm -hmm. because that will help cool them. Right, that's where a lot of heat exchange happens. Yes, in fact, when I'm swimming dogs, that's how I check to see if a dog is, is new to swimming and they have a lot of anxiety and I'm checking them frequently for heat because dogs can heat up in the pool. If they have mm -hmm. a lot of anxiety and you put them in the pool, they can heat up very badly in the pool because they, they're working so hard and they've, right. got so, they've got so much anxiety that the heat builds up. And that's one of the places that I will check them is I'll check the ear leather to see how hot is this dog. Right. If the ear lever, leather feels warm, I'm going to give them a rest because right. I'm going to assume that they've built up a lot of heat in their body. I'm not going to wait until they're on fire. Right. I'm going to actually, and, and their faces, their faces will turn red um, also, you have to be really, if you've got a dog that you can see the skin on their muzzle, and a lot of dogs have short hair, and especially right. if it's light, you can really see it. If their face goes red, your dog is too hot, it's time to cool down your dog. And right. the best way to do that is to get them wet. Right. And they also tend to get bug-eyed and a little bit of glazy over their eyes. and Right. Hopefully you never get your dog to this Foaming place. at the mouth, that's like heat stroke. Yeah. That's, you need to get to serious, a vet right away. Serious condition that, yeah, needs to And like I said, a dog who's like that won't drink water. Uh, another way to help keep a dog cooled down is to um, use a misting system. Mm -hmm. And you don't necessarily have to install a pricey misting system. No, they have ones that just screw into the end of the hose and that are freestanding. Yes, absolutely. You should use a little bit of, um, what is that called, plumber's tape? Because mm -hmm. that will help it not, otherwise a lot of times when you screw them in after the first few couple of, couple of times, it mm -hmm. will leak right at that area oh, at right. the hose. Right. So plumber's tape can fix that. But, you know, they're like 10 bucks or something. Yeah. And they're these little things that, that are like they a little coil. They curl around. Yeah. It's, yes. like, it's like a cobra. Yes. It looks like a cobra that coils at the bottom and then it comes maybe up. Maybe what it's called. <laughs> hey, maybe it is. <laughs> but they but they do. And they and they will just mist, a very fine mist mm -hmm. for the dog. It gives the dog, even if your dog, if your dog doesn't seem to use it, don't assume that your dog will because never use it. Because it cools down it. the general area. It could cool right. it down by 7 to 10 degrees even. Right. right. And it will really help your dog out. The other thing that I wanted to talk about summer issues was uh, the prevalence of bees and wasps right. and yellow jackets and that kind of thing. Um, 
which tend to come out and be in much uh, fuller force mm -hmm. than in the wintertime, one of the reasons that we see a lot more of them is because they're in search of water, just like everything else. Yes. And so if you do have a swimming pool or a misting system or something like that, or even a bowl of water, your dog's water. Right. It can draw. They can draw stinging insects. And um, many people don't know this, so I'm just going to throw this out there. If your dog gets stung by something and you see your dog start to swell up, <laughs> actually, if Oops. your dog gets stung in general, mm -hmm. I respond to a bee sting or a, a wasp sting. If I know my dog has been stung, I give them Benadryl. Yes. Just as a precaution. Right. Because if your dog starts to have a reaction, he may react quickly enough that you won't have time to give it to him when you really start to notice a reaction. Right. But again, we're not vets and we're not telling you, you know, but it is in general, talk to your vet and see what you can have on hand in case something like this happens. Yeah. Because the, the disadvantage to Benadryl is that uh, it can cause them to, that can actually to cause a problem with heat and, and right. with dehydration. Right. But the thing is, and it can cause them to we're, be lethargic. We're not vets. We're not vets. So run this right. by your veterinarian. First. Right, and but we know the dosages for our own dogs and stuff like that, but that's an individual. I will just tell you, I always keep Benadryl on hand in the summertime. And the reason that I keep it on hand is because of the potential issue with stinging insects. And I have had dogs, um, dogs love to eat bees. They love to snap at and eat yes. bees. Yes. I mean, this is just not uncommon, so if your dog does it, don't think it's, <laughs> he made it up, because yeah. they all do it. Not all of them, but many of them. And I think that once a dog has eaten a bee, they're more inclined to go after bees. I don't know if bees are sweet. I don't know what it is, but that. But once a dog is, has... Uh, the last one bit them, and they're not going to let, let the bee have the last word. I don't know, but they do. You get dogs that are really into grabbing bees out of the... And, and a bee sting on your dog's tongue can be potentially really a problem. So if your dog does get stung by a bee, uh, and I give Benadryl, that's what I do. But if you're not going to do something like that, do not leave your dog unattended for a period of time. You need right. to observe your dog for a period of time to see if the face, if they get swelling. Right. If because they if they get bit in the face, it could swell up their nasal passages and stuff where it would make them not able to breathe. It, it can be life-threatening. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Now, actually, if they have a strong allergic reaction, it can be life-threatening just like with people anyway. Right. So even if they got stung on the foot, there is a potential for it to be a problem. But definitely, if they get uh, swelling in their face, you want to be sure that if you have to leave your dog, that you leave them with somebody who is going to be observing them. Because if mm -hmm. they start to have a problem with breathing, my, my rule of thumb is really if a dog's face starts to... to uh, to swell up from a bee sting. A, it can happen from a spider bite. There's a lot yeah. of different ways. Yeah. Um, I've got the, you know, I've got the veterinarian on speed dial, and I'm watching him like a hawk. Right. Because, and I do give Benadryl. I give Benadryl to bring down the, I know you're really uncomfortable with this because you think I'm no. giving veterinary advice. No. But the truth is, if you don't know this and you have a problem, you could, you could buy yourself some time. Yeah. So that you could actually get to the vet so there could be veterinary intervention. You want to call your vet and get a, a recommendation. But it doesn't do you much good if you don't have Benadryl on hand. Right. So it's not a bad it's thing. It's a good thing to keep on in hand. Your summer, in your summer kit. But um, bee stings can be really serious. And recently I was getting ready to go to the vet clinic where I swim dogs. And I, I had a dog who was actually one of my puppies. But it was staying with me because the people were on vacation. And... 
I don't know. I let him outside. He was only outside for about 10 minutes, but he must have gotten hold of a bee because he came in and his nose was, his face was starting to swell. Oh, no. And so I just took him with him, me. Right. Now, luckily, I was going to swim dogs at a veterinary clinic, so that was not too much of an issue right. because that's where I was going to be. But had I not been going there, I would have canceled work. I yeah. actually would have canceled work if I couldn't have gotten somebody to watch him very closely. Right. And if I couldn't have done either one of those two things, I would have taken him and dropped him off at the vet for them to observe him and paid for them to observe him. Right. Because if something went wrong... Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have much time to deal with it. No. And I, you could come home to a dog that had died. So what are the summary issues? Are there any other things that you can think of? Oh, there were a couple that went in and out of my head. Okay. And I think they haven't come back. <laughs> Oh, boy. This this happens, folks, just so that you know. We, we do these podcasts, and then we get to the end of them, and we and we sign off, and then we go, Oh, oh darn it, there was something I, I really I wanted to, talk to say. I meant to talk about this, and I meant to talk about that. Right. Yes. So this does happen, uh, which is why sometimes that we'll do a repeat on a particular subject, because we, are, we come up with uh, the thing that we wish we talked about. And if we were smart, we'd write them down ahead of time, but, you know. These are very then it would be like we're reading a script, and it wouldn't be so free flowing. <laughs> well, we could just keep the subjects in our head, but there there are some other uh, summer issues. I think the one that comes to mind for me is Fourth of July and fireworks and that kind of thing. And yeah. maybe that's going to be worthy of a podcast in and of itself. Is, is right. But since we're already past the Fourth of July, we have plenty of time to think of that reactivity to to situations like that. Right. All right. Okay, well, this is Laura Burhani from Animal Attraction Unlimited. And Kim Reinhart with Ain't Misbehaving Canine. Thank you very much for joining us today. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Doggy Dish, a podcast series about dog training and other related issues. To suggest a topic for a future segment, please email us at dogdishtopics at yahoo.com. To learn more about our featured trainers... Or if you're interested in training for your own dog and you live in the Los Angeles area, you may contact Laura or Kim directly. To speak with Laura, call 818-800-4818 or visit her website at www.petdogtrainer.com. To speak with Kim, call 818-890-1133 or visit her website at www.beagooddog.com. Thank you for listening.